Ferrari, Ferrari. Ah, forget it. I can't do this Scottish accents. Welcome to the Ferrari Hub podcast, where we will be talking Ferraris. And now your host, Andy Rasul. Welcome to episode 13 of the Ferrari Hub podcast, where we will be talking Ferraris. Today's episode is an interview with a Scottish Ferrari owner, hence the the poor attempt at the accent at the beginning of the episode. Um, this particular owner has owned a number of modern Ferraris uh, over the last few years, uh, including the 458, uh, the 488, the F12, the GTC4 Lasso. So there's a huge number of uh, driving experiences that he can share with us and ownership experiences. As always, we have show notes on our websites and you can see those show notes by going to www.ferrarihub.com forward slash EP13. We mentioned previously that we've added a new section to the website called Buy and this is essentially a classified section and it was our number one most requested feature that we add to our website. So we're pleased to have uh, added it on. And I'm also pleased to say that we seem to be getting a lot of attention um, in terms of visitors to look at the cars that are for sale. So if you want to have your car listed, we will be adding that in the future. But if you want to see what's there already, uh, we've got about 300 cars listed. So you can go to ferrarihub.com forward slash listings to have a look. Over the next week, we'll be adding about another 150 cars and then expanding it um, thereafter. And we will be adding uh, cars available in the US, Europe and the rest of the world in the next few weeks. We had a number of great articles go out over the last week or so. And just to give you a taste of some of those articles, on Thursday we had an article about a electric Ferrari, would you believe? Yes, indeed. A Ferrari EV. So if you want to check that out, you can see all of these articles by going to uh, ferrarihub.com forward slash articles. On Friday, we had another article, part of our Drool series, and that was about a 250 GTE Zagato, only one of two cars in existence. So definitely check that one out. Saturday, we followed our model article um, model articles that we uh, publish. And uh, on Saturday, it was all about the GTC for Lusso T. On Monday, we had another Jewel article um, from the current range. This time, it was a LaFerrari Aperta. It's a really stunning car. Delivery mileage as well. Tuesday, our model article was about the LaFerrari Aperta, just by pure coincidence. And today we had another article go live, part of our driver series. And what we're doing in our driver series is giving a profile, a background, a history of the the Ferrari drivers. Uh, So we started with the most recent and we're working our way back. So today's article was about Felipe Massa. And I'm pleased to say that on Saturday we'll be having an extended article about Michael Schumacher. If you like what we do on the podcast and like what we do on the website, then why not subscribe? It's very simple. You can just simply go to ferrarihub.com forward slash subscribe. And what we do is on a weekly basis, we send you out a newsletter with all the best bits so you can see what's been going on on the website and choose to uh, take a look if you wish to. Today's sponsor is something that I get asked about a lot, and that is who I use for my hosting. I recommend Bluehost, and the reason why I recommend them is because I use them myself. They're incredibly easy to set up. 
Uh, they have a one-click automatic WordPress installation and it really is as simple as just one click. You can host multiple domains on them. There's no need to pay for any extras when you decide to increase the number of websites that you're hosting with them. They have outstanding customer service and they're one of the companies that actually say, yeah, you can give us a call, which is kind of handy sometimes. Their performance is great. The speed and the uptime is seamless. It's, it's always up, it's always running. The control panel itself is very easy to use and they have various hosting plans and pricing, depending on what your requirements are. If you want to know more, just simply go to ferrarihub.com forward slash Bluehost. If you choose to use our link, we will receive a commission, but it's at no cost to yourself. And it all helps to keep the podcast and sites running. Now on to the show. Today we have a special guest. In previous episodes, we've had a lot of people who have commented and said that they really enjoyed the episodes with owners. So today we have an owner of a Ferrari, but uh, he's a little bit unusual in the sense that he's um, actually had a range of Ferraris over the last few years. So he's experienced um, quite a number of the new modern Ferraris. um, And it'd be great to sort of dive into uh, his experience with those different cars. Um, so to bring the guest in, uh, Asad, welcome to the show. Hi. Now, thanks very much for uh, joining us on today's show. Um, just explain a little bit about sort of. I mean, I, I'm looking at the cars that you've owned, and I, I, you know, I can see sort of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight Ferraris that you've had um, over the last. What would it be about four or five years? It would be slightly less than that, I would say, over the last uh, two and a half to three years. Wow. uh, When I originally uh, started buying the Ferraris. Okay. Um, I was was a Ferrari fan for a number of years, Mm. um, but I was in the fortunate position to start buying only within the last three years or so. Wow. Okay. So how, how did you actually originally get into Ferraris? Originally, um, I uh, after after finishing uh, from dental school, um, my ambition was to own a Ferrari by the age of thirty. Mm-hmm. Um, so I visited my uh, my nearest dealership, which was in uh, Edinburgh, right. um, and at that point it was, it was more curiosity than uh, attending to purchase um, the very first Ferrari. I sat in at that stage in the dealership was a pre-owned California um, a 2009 model mm-hmm. um, priced around £90,000. That was about as, as far as the budget could stretch at that time. Right. Um, however, I didn't actually buy anything um, up until maybe a year after that visit. Right. Um, so that's initially how uh, that was my first introduction to a Ferrari dealership. And I noticed that your first Ferrari was a 458 Spider. Um, so what in particular drew you into that car? Yeah, so uh, not knowing a great deal about the brand and the different models, originally I had anticipated um, a California. Mm. So I searched around um, for approximately six to seven months to find something that uh, ticked. Uh, many of the boxes, the colour, the, the interior, mm-hmm. um, the spec. I was quite keen having lots of carbon fibre and heard that this was a good option. Mm-hmm. So I came across a, uh, a, a chap who was looking to come out of his uh, 458 Spider. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, 
uh, it was stretching the original budget. However, with the spec, the mileage and the colour, mm. um, I decided to go for it. Um, and that was my first experience of Ferrari. There was a non-franchise uh, dealership, mm-hmm. um, which in hindsight, I, I perhaps... Uh, with, 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 with the, the knowledge I know now, I tend to stick with the, the, the franchise dealers. Mm-hmm. The car was under warranty at the time, so that was my first. That was my first uh, dive into the into the Ferrari. So I ended up bypassing the Ferrari Californias and yeah. going straight up to the Spider. I noticed that you, you um, know, in the cars that you've owned, you haven't actually owned a California. So uh, it's. Um... You know, it's, it's strange that you started yeah, off there, but you 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 dove, you dove you know into a different model in particular. Certainly, that was the that's the irony of it. Is mm. that was the uh, that was the dream and the aspiration. Mm. Um, I've I've driven the California. It's mm-hmm. a great car. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say I would still love to own one at some point. Um, mm. But uh, as time time has gone on, I'm I'm always keen to have the latest models and. Sure. With the new Portofino due out um, in the summertime, mm. I'm very keen to experience that. Right. Um, albeit, um, you know, I, I think perhaps we will be missing the uh, naturally aspirated uh, California, original California, the 4.3. Mm. Um, so I guess um, one of the reasons, again, going into the 458 was the fact it had the naturally aspirated engine. Yeah. Um, it was either that or going for a California T, mm. and that's how I made my decision at that point. Right, right. But I noticed that um, you ended up selling that one, and then you purchased another 458 um, Spider. So same model, but, right. but quite a different car. I mean, the, the first car you owned was um, a Nero one from memory, and the second one was a triple layer uh, yellow. Um, so, so what was the decision around that then? Why did you choose to to move from that to uh, the yellow one? After owning the uh, the, the, the the black, it was a Nero Daytona uh, Spider. Um, I'd actually clocked up uh, a, a number of miles mm. in that car. Um, it was approaching, I think, almost seventeen thousand miles. Oh wow! Um, so I was using it very regularly mm-hmm. um, so at that point I decided uh, to uh, update the car and when I came across this triple layer yellow mm. um, also known as triple O yellow strato um, it was one of a kind um, I believe the paintwork alone was in the region of £18,000 mm. um, yeah. from the from the, uh, the individual um, who'd originally spec the car. Mm. Um, for me, Ferrari paintwork um, has has been a topic of hot discussion. Mm. Um, different uh, um, different opinions. Um, me personally, the, the cars. What, what I have noticed with the triple layer paint, albeit mm-hmm. it's a very expensive option, it does give another dimension. Mm. to the bodywork. So when I went to see the car, I realised that um, it looked, in fact, very different to uh, the the Nero Daytona. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly the lines and the contours and the angles of the car, um, you could almost mistake in it for a different model, mm. uh, especially the way that, the, that it was catching the sun. At night time, yeah. you would have, again, 
certain different angles, which you couldn't quite appreciate in the standard colours. Mm. Well, it's, so it's funny. Really it's funny to, you to go with that. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned about the triple layer paint. I mean, it, it is. It's a stunning option. I mean, it does transform the car. And um, I think I'm correct in saying this, that the actual paint itself is applied not actually at the Ferrari factory. It's actually applied at um, another facility, which is run by a company called Zanasi. And Zanasi, um, which is located almost next door to the Marinello factory, um, they actually do the, they paint the stripes for um, the sort of special model cars like the, uh, La Ferraris and the um, uh, the four five eight Speciale and things like that. So um, it's it the 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 paint work done by Zanasi is is really on a different level. I mean, it's I've I've been there myself and it's amazing the the quality of work that comes out of there. I would certainly agree. I would certainly agree. And um, in my opinion, if your uh, budget allows, I would strongly uh, strongly recommend for anyone. To, to consider the uh, the triple layer paints, mm-hmm. um, I appreciate yellow is not for everybody, um, but they certainly do uh, what, what is known as Rosso Froco, mm-hmm. um, which is another one of their uh, sort of deep reds, mm-hmm. um, which is a, which is a fantastic colour again. Um, it shows I... you uh, certain certain lines and trims of the car which you cannot appreciate under the standard colors yeah i missed i missed out on an ff in that color and um yeah i still think about that car today um so i mean i i, I totally understand why you would move from that from a, a car the same model but into uh, a, a different car of the same model um and then you decided to move from the 458 spider to the replacements which is the 488 gtb um just tell us a little bit about that and you know what was your impressions between the two cars i at this stage um i had very little buying history mm-hmm. um if any with any of the the franchised uh, dealerships mm-hmm. regarding the 488 um i remember my first impressions when it was announced at the geneva motor show um it was uh, very high up on the bucket list mm-hmm. um having run around spoken to the local dealership and um, it was a pretty much the same answer you would get up and down the country that the car was sold out mm. for, for for two years plus well wow. um so i knew at this point i would i, would, I was i was instructed to buy several cars or, or, or try to build up a relationship which would allow me to um enable me to buy cars um as and when they, they, they were due out. Mm. Um, the 488 uh, I purchased um, at several thousand pounds over the list price. Right. Um, it was uh, in a in a grey, uh, Grigio, uh, t- uh, Grigio Ferro. Oh, okay. Uh, it was a slightly, slightly darker right. uh, grey. Um, again, a fantastic colour with mm. a contrasting black roof. Um, I think uh, it was in the region of thirty to forty thousand pounds over the, the the original list price. Right. But right. this was with the car having only been out for perhaps uh, three or four months. Right. And, and jump from I, the four five eight. Yeah, I was going to say because the four five eight is a naturally aspirated engine. The four eight eight is a turbo engine, uh, and the the you know you've moved from a, a spider to a coupe. So. 
just tell us a little bit about you know how how the engine how the car drove you know um give us a bit of a feel first impressions on startup um i've read a lot of reviews between comparisons a lot of skeptics um reviewing cars uh, engine noises and the first the first characters i would say on startup between the 488 and 458 i would have to say the naturally aspirated engine there there was a marked difference, in my opinion, between mm. the two cars. Interior-wise, yeah, they've done a great job. They've, they've, they've updated um, several elements. Um, again, much of the the, the finish, um, the carbon fibres have been uh, transferred over from, from one car to the other. The steering wheels are similar, if mm. not the same. Mm. Um, what I would say I missed from my spider was the ability to take down the rear window. Um, right. in the spider and just been having been able to allow that uh, noise to funnel through into the into the cabin mm. without having to uh, take the roof down yeah so i would yeah. say that was certainly a part that uh, that's, that that's a huge bonus a that's a on, huge bonus that, that's a huge bonus mm. on the flip side we now had a, a, a as you know with the spiders there's mm. no uh, transparent engine bay. Yes. Um, yeah. And certainly that was something in the coupe which I welcomed, mm. having the ability to see that, see the glorious uh, engine, the work of art, I would mm. call it, yeah. um, on show. So certainly that was that was a that was a big uh, plus point. In terms of the drive, completely different cars. Really, night and day. Wow. Completely different cars. Um, the so having having driven the four eight eight, going back into the four five eight felt cumbersome it felt um didn't feel as sharp mm. didn't feel as light um and i would say that the comfort levels which is not something you normally associate with with a, with a ferrari mm. shall we say but it was a very usable car um, right. it was something i found myself driving a lot more regularly mm. um 600 miles 700 miles right with a, with a far better suspension setup much similar to the, the latest uh, McLarens where they, they've, they've mentioned about the ride quality. Mm. I would say the Ferraris now, the way they're going, the way, uh, they, they developed this 488. Yeah. It's now something you can sit in for a number of hours and not feel um, tired. But does that take anything away from the... Um the performance elements of it. I mean, in the way that, it, you know, when you want to open it up a little bit and, you know, take it to a twisty road, does it feel any less as a result or does it just come straight I back? I think it can, be a, it can be, it can come straight back. It can be a Jekyll and Hyde. Right. Simply switching the Manatino switch mm. on, the, on the, on the steering wheel from, from, from the, 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 the comfort bumpy road mode. Mm. into race mode the car's trans transformed um so i think the car can be many things well, it can yeah. be what you want it to be whether you want to uh take it to a local supermarket and do your shop mm. um it can uh, it can serve many purposes or if you want to take it to the track mm. um so the, the, the car has now become a lot more versatile and i think that's now why you see a lot of the, the newer Ferraris with higher mileages on them mm. people are not necessarily using them as their second cars. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's true because, I mean, they, they have become a lot more um, easy to use, um, you know, particularly with sort of features like the, you know, the cameras and, 
you know, things like that as well. You know, that obviously helps when it comes to parking, particularly so, in London. Um, certainly, I think with the with the thing, the, the, the new additions, for example, the suspension lifter, mm. in the previous 458, essential, very low front end. With the new 488s, the front nose sits higher up. You right. can go over speed bumps relatively confidently, mm. knowing that you're you're not having to activate any suspension lifting. Interesting. Um, so I don't I wouldn't say even that's an essential option now mm. on these cars. Mm. I think Ferrari have, have realised that and um along with this uh, the, the the four year warranty and the seven year servicing pack mm. I think people are far more inclined to be using the cars as as daily drivers um, just, as just, opposed to a Sunday afternoon car. Yeah, just just on the um, the the redesign of the fronts, as you just mentioned there, you know, with it not being so low to the ground. I mean, um, it's probably also partly to do with improvements made by Ferrari in the way that they designed these cars with aerodynamics and you know being able to um, have a slightly higher um, uh, sort of entry at the front and still be able to maintain that closeness to the ground, you know, without sort of getting that front end lift. Um, so it's 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 you know probably credit to the designers as well, you know, in being able to uh, make improvements like that um, to make these cars more usable. I noticed from there you went from a four eight eight GTB in grey, and finally you moved into a, a Rosso Corsa car. Yeah. So at this stage, um, there was there was there was an F twelve that came actually in between these two cars. Oh, right. Okay. Um, and this was whilst I had uh, I had I had again clocked up a a, a good mileage in the four eighty eight, mm. and I came across uh, an F twelve which I'd saw advertised at one of the franchise dealerships. Mm-hmm. Um. Again, it was Nero Daytona. It had done um, approximately a hundred miles, and the, the 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 previous owner had a, a had a had a had a change of heart. Uh, right. I still haven't uh, established why, <laughs> um, but he had spent the car up um, to circa three hundred thousand pounds, and he decided to trade the car back into the dealership. Wow. Um, I saw this car advertised at almost every option, bar the suspension lifter. Right. And I made an offer uh, over the phone, mm-hmm. viewing it in person, and uh, the offer was accepted. Right. Wow. So that was my first purchase from uh, an official uh, uh, Ferrari franchise dealership, which I have to say was a, a vastly different experience to um, purchasing elsewhere mm. um that was uh, at that stage what happened to open the doors to the rest of the cars that's quite an interesting move because you previously had owned mid-engine v8s um and then you had the, the v8 twin turbo in the 488 and then you moved to a front engine naturally aspirated v12 so tell us a little bit about that i mean how 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 does how does the F12 differ to the main engine V8s? So, in terms of yeah, it, it was a it was an unusual move, but I I I felt I almost felt greedy for more. <laughs> right. I almost felt because there's there's 
600 break, I can go up to 739 break. There was almost the mm. need for more. And mm. um, I think owning a Ferrari, it, 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 it changes your mindset, albeit you can't use this type of power um, on the on the roads. Mm. But um, it, uh, it it almost makes you hungry uh, to, to experience um uh, the, the model above, mm. uh, shall we say? Mm. So, I almost missed the I almost missed the roar and the the engine note of the previously naturally aspirated four five eight. Mm. Um, I, I, and I must I must admit that I was as great a car as the four eight eight is. Mm. For me, the four five eight one of the one of the real charms to it was the engine note. Mm. Um, Having never driven the F12, having bought the F12 over the telephone and having to travel almost 350 miles, right? Um, having paid for it, um, that was an experience to, to to sit in it and start it up for the first time. Mm. Um, I still remember, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm under six foot and had the carbon fibre racing seat, you sit very low down. You can mm. almost, it's very difficult to even see out the front end mm. because the, the uh, front end is, 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 is uh, as I said, is, is very long. So you're almost sitting on the rear wheels. Yes. Um, with the, with the 6.3 litre engine taking up that much, that much space. Because the, the engine it, actually it, sits behind the front wheels. So it's actually a mid-engined V12. That's right. Um, with the engine at the front. Yeah. So you do sit very far back. You're right. Very far back. Um, now, this is when I, when I realised that the, the carbon seat, uh, which, which which looks fantastic and is extremely comfortable, had no height adjustment. Um, didn't, uh, unfortunately, it's not something that uh, is available unless the uh, the seat adjustment uh, box is ticked. And this was unfortunately one of the boxes that wasn't ticked in this highly specced car. Right. right. So had a long drive back up to Scotland in the car, um, barely able to see over the uh, very long front end uh, uh, nose, mm. which I must say take a bit of bit of getting used to. Yeah. Um, so back to back to your question, how does it how does it compare? Um, it's a, a, a it's a different beast altogether. A much heavier car, right? A less nimble car, feel all that extra power. Not usable mm. uh, on a on a road. Uh, Forty eight power is, is is far more instantaneous. Mm. You you certainly don't have have the turbo lag, which a lot of enthusiasts are worried about. But the the F twelve, you feel it's always wants more, and you can't give it mm. quite what it needs. Um, perhaps the the, the 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 track you can experience, but on a, on a regular road, yeah, it's uh, it's always edging for more. And I, and I remember watching one of the Jeremy Clarkson reviews and I couldn't quite understand where his his, his feedback was. There's too much power in this car. Mm. I, I know I know that was one of his criticisms. Um and I almost I could I could understand having lived with the car uh, for several months exactly what he meant. I think the FTO has to be experienced to be un- able to understand mm. Well uh, the, the amazing thing about the F- element sorry I was gonna say the amazing thing about the F twelve is that the you know previously the F12 we had the 599 GTB and then the 599 GTO and the GTO was a real beast of a car um, you know really really quick car and then the F12 came out and it's the 
it's 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 not a it's you know it's the standard road going version it's not the and uh, the super version like the gto was but it's as quick as the gto if not quicker from memory so you know it's it's amazing that the pace of change as it you know as it's taken place over the last few years you know where they've taken that that power that was in the gto um applied it to the road going version of the uh of the f12 and then obviously later on they then released the the super version of the f12 which is the f12 tdf which is even more bonkers um but yeah i yeah. I, I totally understand what you're saying there yeah absolutely um it's uh i think it's one of those those cars that has to be driven to be uh, fully understood mm. and i don't think any review could quite uh quite justify or uh express exactly the way it makes you feel mm. um but certainly certainly one of the best cars i've owned um mm. in terms of again usability i was surprised that uh, uh, as an everyday car it could be uh, from supercar to grand tourer to uh, sort of, again a luxury tour on a, on, on 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 the motorway to mm. walk up three four hundred miles mm. um very comfortable in that sense. Not so much a city car, I would say. Maybe because of the because of the the the, the constant uh, engine note. Mm. After a while, it, it's it's wanting more. Right. You you almost feel after a certain point that you, you need to drown that noise out. Right. So that's probably perhaps one of the the the, the things that I noted about right. the car having lived with it for right. for for several months. So you you then. That that was almost like a bit of an interim car, I think, was it? Because you then went back to a four eight eight Spider. Yeah, well, I, I had no intentions of going to the four eight eight Spider. Um, at that stage, I I had uh, I, I'd, I'd had the F twelve uh, for a few months, mm-hmm. and I was I learned of the fact that they were they were going to stop making it the following year. Mm. I was under the impression at that stage, without knowing what I know now. Regarding the 812, this would be one of Ferrari's last naturally aspirated engines. Mm. So I was quite keen to specify a car from the factory, another F12, which I would be able to change the seats to the electric adjustments, right. which would far more suit uh, my uh, my height and the way I wanted to use the car. I, I, I was looking for small functions like heated seats, which are yep. not available with the carbon seats. Right. Electric adjustments of the steering wheel, small things, but mm. big things, if that makes any sense. And I then at that stage spoke to the dealership about ordering an F12, which would come the following year, right. and which would be to my specification. So I placed an order uh, with the dealership for an F12 the, the following year. Mm. And in the interim period, um, they they actually offered me a forty eight spider, oh, which wow. would arrive in December. Mm-hmm. Now that was one of the very first forty uh, eight spiders, and I guess it was some kind of a uh, a reward right. in, uh, of some sort. But in, in, in actual in, fact, in, in actual fact, yeah. it's a typical Ferrari reward, isn't it? Where they say, you know, we will allow you to buy this car; you just have to pay for it. Yes. <laughs> I almost felt very privileged. Yes. You know, it was. They, I, I, I felt we, very we, grateful. I felt privileged, and uh, I know one of your uh, your sort of 
your 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 previous podcast, someone had uh, mentioned that you mm. you do feel privileged with the Ferrari offering. Yeah. You're, 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 I'm parting with the best part of a quarter of a million pounds, but I feel privileged to be able to yes. give them. Thank you that for get, money. Thank you for um, letting me spend this money with you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you almost feel very very privileged and mm. honoured. Mm. to be in a position yeah. to be offered a car of that caliber so so you purchased then, a great car i mean it's a 488 spider um in rosso corsa and it was your first rosso corsa car rosso as well. corsa first rosso corsa it was on the bucket list mm. it was the, it was a red ferrari's every seven or eight year old boy's dream that's the poster that you've got on your, your mm. bedroom wall i guess mm. and it was certainly uh on the bucket list um and that's what I went with. I went with the traditional Rosso Corsa, creme leather, yellow brake car, of course, yellow dials. Okay. And wow. uh, yeah, it was the it was the uh, the poster the poster car. Yeah, sort of the most common spec. I would say in the UK at least, anyway. Yeah, if you if you imagine a Ferrari as from your childhood, mm-hmm. it was the, uh, the 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 car you would imagine a, yeah. a Ferrari to be mm-hmm. the most head turning Ferrari mm-hmm. which I've owned. Oh, Very right. different to the F12, which, uh, which again, for a, for a non-car enthusiast, could be uh, it could be an inconspicuous coupe. Mm. Um, it doesn't scream Ferrari straight mm. away. Mm. Um, this 488 Spider was. Very, very in your face, shall we say? Yes. And um, but it was certainly something that uh, it had to be done. Um, yes. Yeah. Rosso Corsa Crema. Yeah. The ideal spec. Mm. Most likely wouldn't do it again, and I get. I think most Ferrari owners that have owned cars over the years are perhaps in agreement, sticking with the greys, the blacks, and mm. um, the reds. I think is a is having spoken to several different uh, owners, they, they they feel it's it's something that someone that's new to Ferrari yeah. tends to do uh, more regularly, and once you've once you've been in the brand for a number of years, you tend to. S- stray away from it perhaps mm. it's to be slightly different well, perhaps it, it's, it's it's been done yeah i mean it's, it's 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 interesting i guess it really depends on what you're looking for out of the car i mean if you're looking for something that you are solely going to use on a summer's day then you know rosso corsa is probably a great choice but if you want to have something that you can sort of take into town use regularly you know perhaps not on a daily commute but certainly you know several times a week then there's a lot of other great colours out there. And in fact, we actually wrote an article um, just recently um, about, you know, just about this very question, do Ferraris need to be red? Um, and, you know, in the article, I'll, I'll put a link to it in our show notes as well. Um, but the vast majority of Ferraris being specced nowadays are no longer red, which is um, quite surprising probably to most because people still have that Rosso Corsa image in their mind. It will always uh, uh, into fetch more money on a, on a, on a, on a full culture, we say there'll always be there always will be more demand mm. for the Rosso Corsa with crema. I think the historical image um, mm. of the Ferraris will always always maintain. Um, so I think the the last time they'd mentioned uh, we we were at a, a Ferrari uh, meet up. I think we, the ratio was uh, night for every nine uh, red cars, it was one of a of another colour. Right. So. Perhaps what we're talking about here are cars that range from cars that are 30 years old mm. um, to now. I think if we look at the most recent cars, um, the cars that 
that are sold and the cars that are being ordered. Mm. I think within the last three or four years, the, the market has very much gone away from the Rosso Corsa and Crema mm. um, to, you know, my dealership is, is, is recommending, or not so much recommend, they're suggesting that uh, the black interior is something that uh, a lot more individuals are opting mm. for. And I think that relates back to what I said about the car being more usable and people intending and using it more every day. Mm. I think they're they're seeing the black interior is going to wear a lot better. Mm. Um, people are looking to to now do five, six, seven, eight thousand miles a year, which sure. historically with even the four, five, eights, you would find cars that folk are parking up in garages and using them on maybe a Sunday afternoon mm. to now cars that have got nine or ten thousand miles on them, sure. which are still quite acceptable and individuals are still quite happy to pay mm. uh, for a car with that kind of mileage on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, even things like, um, you know, with the spiders now having um, hardtop roofs, um, you know, they're usable all year round. Um, you know, things like you know, the bumpy road settings that you can have on the suspension, um, you know, again, that makes it so much more usable. There's, there's so many different features now uh, which make, um, you know, these cars cars better really i mean you know they're, they're better and more usable so um so you then um were waiting on your f12 and your f12 arrived so presumably the um the 488 spider went back yeah the 488 spider went back to the supplying dealership the f12 arrived slightly sooner than we had anticipated right um at, what's quite exciting actually is what i must mention is once a car has been ordered, um, Ferrari create a personal profile for each uh, individual customer. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll have your own portal which you can log on to. On this portal, you will have your full spec of your incoming car. Okay. Um, and it will show you at each stage, and we'll have codes for each stage where the car is in the production process. Oh, wow. Okay. Ferrari will then regularly update you with actual photographs of your car on the production line. Mm-hmm. And this is quite exciting because you're not quite sure when these photos will be uploaded. So you find yourself logging into the portal almost every day right. just to catch a glimpse of yeah. your interior being stitched or your car just being sprayed. Mm. Um, uh, that's the point that Ferrari's very good at creating the buzz and mm. the excitement and keeping you updated at exactly where you are on the production line. Yeah. I was invited to specify the car um, at the atelier, however, just due to work commitments, I was unable to do that, but certainly it would be something I would be wanting to do uh, in the future. Mm. So back to the portal, the portal creates a profile of all the cars you currently own, when you've bought them, when you've sold them, your service history, the specs of the cars, the history of the cars. Mm. And it's almost a, uh, it's a personal, it's, it's a nice touch um, to create this um, with your name and all your details. Mm. And to have that on your phone at, at all points, to be able to know exactly um, where, where your car is on a production. It's certainly a talking point for mm. dinner. With your, with your, with your friends and 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 family, and I think that's how they create this this brand, this image. Yeah. So you almost feel um, even just 
it's a long wait for the car. You can wait a year, two years, but they will mm. create that buzz. They'll they'll keep you enticed for those one or two years with your magazines, your trips, your yeah. uh, your offers to go um, over to the factory, mm. and they, they they really feel as if you're getting great value for money for mm. the actual product that you you you've purchased is is different to any other any other experience that you you have uh, any other any other brand. And I think that's why Ferrari have such a loyal yeah. fan base. Yeah, and yeah. They're, and they're so good at they're so good at creating that uh, that 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 buzz. Mm. Um, of, of of the prancing horse, there's, there's there's no other brand I've come across that that even if you've bought four or five, you still have the buzz for the mm. next one yeah. that's going to arrive. With you yeah. knowing every car's hand built, yeah. So every car has its own unique characteristics. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree totally. I mean, you know, it, you, you mentioned the word experience, and that's exactly what was coming to my mind. You know, that it is a whole experience. That's you know, it, it's it's. Um, you know, right from the beginning to being able to choose the exact specification that you want to, um, you know, you want to have it designed in the color, the interior, the the options list, and things like that, um, and then the whole buying experience itself. Um, you're right. I mean, I have not come across um, another brand that does it does it so well. Um, you know, and creates. Not just this whole experience, but the whole the loyalty towards the brand as well. Um, you know, when you when you buy a Ferrari and you own a Ferrari, it is being part of a family, and it doesn't really matter whether you, you know it doesn't matter whether you have a four eight eight, an older model, um, you know, much cheaper model, or you have a La Ferrari. You know, you have this common thing between you, and you know it. You know, it brings car people together in a way that um, no other brand can do. I mean, I remember actually I was talking to uh, one of our earlier guests, Tom Yang, and, uh, sorry, Tom Young, as his his name is actually pronounced. And he was saying that, you know, in the States, he goes over to, you know, various other car meets all the time, you know, like the Mustang meet. But, you know, he was saying it doesn't even compare to, you know, a Ferrari meet. You know, you'll have people at a Ferrari meet who own and drive you know, eight, ten, twelve million pound Ferraris, and you know they are just as down to earth and passionate about the cars as you know somebody who's there, age sixteen, seeing Ferraris for their first time and drooling all over them. You know, so there's something about this brand. There's something about the brand. I think. I think yeah, a typical example of that was the seventieth anniversary celebrations. Mm. So again, for myself, I felt important to. To be part of this and uh, to experience this uh, once in a lifetime opportunity, mm. um, and the, res- the response we had once we parked up and we had seventy cars parked up mm. within the city centre to see young kids, families be able to come up to the Ferraris and uh, the amazement and the looks. Mm. There's no other brand in the world, um, and we're not just talking cars here. Mm. There is no other brand I reckon that's more powerful than the. The, the, the prancing horse and the yellow background it's synonymous with mm. young and old yeah. and it turns heads with, with all age groups yeah. and I yeah. think it's the only logo it's the only logo I can think of that the vast majority of uh, people that will, will see it will, will recognise it straight away yeah. As, yeah. as Ferrari 
Um, yeah, no, definitely. So uh, they're very good at it. They, they, you know, in between the the order for the F12 and uh, the F12 arriving and the and and the 488 uh, Spider, they they were they invited uh, six individuals uh, over to the exclusive 812 launch. Right. This is over in in Maranello, mm-hmm. which again makes you very privileged. They only had six spaces. Wow. Per dealership, there's only I think twelve or thirteen dealerships. Twelve, yes. UK. Twelve in the UK. Twelve. Yes. So you're talking six times twelve. Mm. You know, you've got seventy-two customers mm. who have been invited to see the eight one two before it's been launched mm. anywhere. Um, Quite a privilege. Having to uh, a, a real privilege. Mm. Um, again, creating the buzz, the excitement. Mm. No camera phones allowed in. Having been taken to a secret location in Maranello. Wow. In a bus. You're ending up um, in a makeshift, uh, they put a, 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 a sort of makeshift marquee up, mm. and the phones were taken off us. We were, you know, we were sworn to secrecy. You almost feel a part of that. Yes. You feel that this, this is this is your family. Mm. <laughs> you know, you really need to protect their privacy. You feel privileged. Mm. And once inside, they had an absolute fantastic uh, show. Where it was unveiled, the mm. suspense they create, the intimacy of it all. There's uh, it, it it further reinforces. Uh, it makes you want that eight one two. It makes it makes mm. you feel privileged just to be in a position that you're being offered an eight one two. So I have to I have question. to ask: Did you did yeah. you order one? Yes, the eight one two. It was uh, so with the, with the ordering process. Anyone who was invited to the launch was invited to be able to place an order for one. Right. Um, so, as we as as we speak, uh, from what I hear, the eight one twos will be uh, sold out for at least the, the first three years wow. or four years uh, at the launch. Having Ferrari telling us they, I think they only build approximately eight or nine V12s per week. So we we actually featured um, one of the um, the very first F12s um, to be sold um, on the on the market. So, so obviously this was a a new car that was the eight one two. Sorry, sorry, the, sorry. Yes, the the eight one two. The very, one of the very first eight one two superfasts. Um, so it was a car. There, there was one other one that we became aware of that was also for sale that was sold very very quickly, as you imagine. You know, they they've been obviously being sold for premiums and. Um, um, somebody just wanted obviously to get into one and they, they paid the huge premium that was on offer. Um, and then we featured what I think was the second car that came to market. Um, you know, both, both left-hand drive, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's again, it's, it's such a step forward on the F12, if that was possible. It, it's uh, incredible to think how they could improve the F12. I've yet to drive the 812 ever. I was I, I was privileged enough to sit in one of the first right-hand drive vehicles right. uh, about two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Again, the interior is vastly improved. It's a cabin you could spend several hours in mm-hmm. from the, a comfort perspective. Mm-hmm. And the engine note is sublime. Mm-hmm. Um, on startup, I didn't think they could improve on the F12 but they have and again it's something that uh, if you are able to I would would recommend to anyone to 
have a have a have a drive, have mm. a listen. Mm. Uh, I don't think any any YouTube videos or any reviews can quite do these cars justice. No, no. Um, and I, and I can I can see why perhaps someone would want to pay a, a premium, a, a vast amount of mm. money uh, over the the asking list price. Yeah. Right? From what I can see, this car uh, will be, and I, and I feel it might be Ferrari's last naturally aspirated engine. Mm, yeah. um, for uh, might may well be the way things are going, which is quite sad. Mm. And uh, I, and I, and I, and I think that that's where that's really where this car will be one of the future classics. Yes. And I think if whoever manages to is fortunate enough to own one. It's certainly something to uh, be part of a collection mm, yeah. for a number of years. So I, I presume you're you're specking yours in that with that frame of mind that you know your ultimate spec of you know if you were to keep this car forever, um, you know. Yeah, would... I think with the eight one two, it's um, the, the eight one two should be fully spec. Well, I have to say, I mean, I saw my first eight one two superfast um, in September. And previously, having seen videos and pictures of the car, seeing it in the flesh is completely different. I mean, um, pictures do not really do that car justice. It has so much presence when you actually see it up front and close. Um, but before we... Um, Absolutely. Yeah, before we um, sort of um, finish up, you're, you're out of the F12 now, from what I understand. You're into a, uh, a, a, another V12. Yeah, so I I I'm actually on the two V12s. I was offered a GTC four whistle, mm-hmm. um, and this this wasn't a factory order. It was again from my uh, supplying dealership. Mm-hmm. They had a car which became available, mm-hmm. uh, which had already been specced, and it had arrived at the actual dealership. Mm-hmm. Initially, I was I was informed it was a an Aero Daytona with a with a with a what they call a Rosso Ferrari interior, right. which initially I wasn't very keen on mm. by the sounds of. It's a very it's a very bright red, um, with a with a two tone black interior. Mm-hmm. So I attended the dealership, not really expecting to, uh, to buy it, shall right. we say? Right. And when I saw it again, I fell in love with the interior. I fell in love with the exterior of the mm. car. It was again tick the boxes. It was four-wheel drive. Mm-hmm. It was a naturally aspirated engine, mm-hmm. and it could sit four in, four individuals in absolute comfort. Mm-hmm. So the Lucid has been a very interesting car, especially with this weather. Mm-hmm. Very drivable, very usable. The four-wheel drive and the four-wheel steer on yeah. it um, again is a bit of a is a game changer. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how these cars are all so different. They're all from the same family. Mm-hmm. It's not like a three series to a five series to a seven series. Mm-hmm. It, it's these are completely different cars, yeah. and I, I guess that's what's the beauty of it. Is each car serves its own purpose, mm. but it still stems from the same brand. Yeah, and and the interesting thing is, is that you have not purchased these cars to profit from them. You know, sort of thinking, okay, I'll buy this, no. sell this, and sort of you know make some money on the side. You know, you you've done it for the right reasons. You know, you've wanted to experience the cars and then you've wanted to experience something different and you've moved on to some to a different model and you've worked your way up um, you know, through the range into the V twelves. Um I mean it sounds like you you're enjoying the V twelves more so than the V eights. Would that be fair to say? 
I would say, yeah, and, and Ferrari, are, Ferrari know there's a very unique market for V12 owners to uh, V8 owners. Uh, but it goes back to the 812 Superfast mm-hmm. invitation. It was specifically only for current V12 owners. Yeah. And you do feel very privileged again to be to be to be part of that. Um, how long will these V12s be around? I don't know. Mm. I hope they're around for a number of years to come. I hope they don't go down the uh, the electric route too soon. Very very quickly. I mean, what's your um, impressions of the GTC4 Lasso then? Because I mean, it's obviously a very different car. But um, is it just as enjoyable as any of the other cars that you've owned? Enjoyable, yes, and no, and, and yes, in the sense that in the first week or so, we we talked of almost fifteen hundred miles driving wow. uh, to the north of Scotland uh, with no complaints from my niece in the back. We were able to uh, have the luxury of knowing that we can put our luggage in the in the boot. We can we can uh, we can drive for a for a for a for a, a long long time and. Mm. Have this as a uh, as a as an everyday car. We can have this as a supercar. Mm. And again, it was a lot more inconspicuous. Um, it's, yeah. it certainly turned a lot of heads, but I think it was more heads for the reason that people don't clock on it's a Ferrari straight away from mm. the rear end. Mm. Uh, it could potentially be uh, a, a, another brand, yeah. shall we say, if we remove the the prancing horse mm. from the from the bootload yeah. but again I, I quite like that I like the, the inconspicuousness mm. of, the, of the vehicle that you can uh, drive the car every day and and and, and, uh, and if we'll be able to to integrate in relatively well in relation to the, the, the 488 Spider. so yeah I mean, again, again a great car uh, I know you'd mentioned you'd looked at an FF yeah. Uh, yourself mm. um, I, 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 I think there's going to be a, a lot of uh, a lot of mums and dads that uh, if they're looking for something special that's the car that they will go for mm. um, with it being able to tick a lot of boxes you can you can drive that in the in the winter mode you can drive it in the comfort mode that, that is a is a car that is not seasonal yeah. and I think that's where Ferrari really nailed that Asad, many thanks for sharing with us your insights about the different Ferraris that you've owned. Um, question that I like to ask all of my guests is, money no object, which Ferrari would you buy? I guess it's got to be the last Ferrari. Wow, okay. Um, so having, having seen it at the, the 70th anniversary parade, mm. it was a lead car. Right. It's one of the cars, like you mentioned previously, the 812, you, you felt you couldn't appreciate it in the, in the photographs. Mm-hmm. It's one of those cars that has to be seen in the flesh. Yeah. Which I happened to see uh, in one of the 70th anniversary auctions. Right. The very last yes. Aperta. Yes, correct. And I was intrigued and I contacted my, my, my dealership after finding out I had a reserve of <laughs> 2.5 million euros. Right. Um, to which my supplying dealership mentioned uh, to me that there was no chance of me uh, uh, in hell, getting yes. this car for a reserve of two and a half million euros. Incidentally, I think it ended up going for for nine or ten million. It did. So that was yeah. the 
that was a very that was a very last car. I think Ferrari had produced one extra car. That's correct. Yeah, um, absolutely. For that for for that event. Yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, that that was a car that uh, I would I would love to have owned mm. if I was in that fortunate position. So would that be the so La Ferrari was, Coupe? Was over at, over at, Sorry, would that be the La yeah, Ferrari the Coupe or the Aperta? The, Aperta? Yeah, the La Ferrari Aperta mm, mm. would be would be my choice if money was no object. Yeah, well, it's interesting that because um, it's an it's very interesting choice because this week we actually had two articles about the La Ferrari Aperta. On Monday, we featured an Adrul article a um, LaFerrari Aperta, which is uh, as a delivery mileage car available in uh, Riyadh in, in Saudi Arabia. Um, so if you want to check that car out, it's a beautiful spec. It's, um, it's, it's a great spec car. Um, so if you want to check out that car, um, you can go to ferrarihub.com forward slash drool. And uh, we also had another article go live on Tuesday, um, which was again about the LaFerrari, but um, it was more of a general article talking about the model in particular. Um, but yeah, so, uh, so, so, so really we've done the hat trick now, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we're, we're, it's all about the LaFerrari. Thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate um, you taking the time out and sharing your insights uh, with you're us. You're very welcome. And, um, you know, definitely we would love to see pictures of the 812 when you get it. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, we can certainly upload some of those photographs to uh, your, 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 your website. Yeah, no, it def- um, yeah, that's great. definitely given us, um, you know, a lot to think about and a lot of insights into, uh, the, you know, the ownership experiences um, of these different models. So once again, thanks very much. Well, if you're thinking of owning one of those models or indeed looking to purchase any Ferrari, hopefully that uh, advice that uh, we've been given um, will be helpful, you know, in helping you make your choice. Just a reminder to subscribe on our website. That web address again is www.ferrarihub.com forward slash subscribe. Once again, today's sponsor is something that I get asked about a lot, and that is who I use for my hosting. I recommend Bluehost and the reason why I recommend them is because I use them myself. They're incredibly easy to set up. Uh, They have a one-click automatic WordPress installation and it really is as simple as just one click. You can host multiple domains on them and there's no need to pay for any extras when you decide to increase the number of websites that you're hosting with them. They have outstanding customer service and they're one of the companies that actually say yeah you can give us a call which is kind of handy sometimes. Their performance is great. The speed and the uptime is seamless. It's it's always up, it's always running. The control panel itself is very easy to use and they have various hosting plans and pricing, depending on what your requirements are. If you want to know more, just simply go to ferrarihub.com forward slash Bluehost. If you choose to use our link, we will receive a commission, but it's at no cost to yourself and it all helps to keep the podcast and sites running. That's all for now. Ciao.